Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Hola, everyone. Welcome back to From the Bronx with Love. Hola, Dom. Ah. How are you? Um, so last we spoke, I was recovering. I'm fully recovered from a cold. It was one of the most trying times of my life. <laughs> I feel like for, well, everyone who listens to us knows we're huge office fans. But do you remember when Andy was like, um, he, it was something about like winning the competition in the office. And he's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. And he's like, listen. I grew up in Connecticut. I never had a really hard life. <laughs> and I'm like, I sounded like Andy just now. So that's you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my life has been hard. Okay, and, Dom. Um, I'm recovering or recovered fully. So I think everyone is happy mm-hmm. that you still have a co-host for now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Things are good. Things are looking up. I'm alive. How are you? I am well. I feel, well, I mean, besides work, because that, that's something that will always stress me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but besides from that, I want to share kind of like my little weekend getaway that I did. Oh, please do. They call it collective retreats. And it takes place in Governor's Island. And I saw it from the Instagram page. I don't know if you follow this guy, Dom. His Instagram is FOMO Feed. No, I don't. Okay, well, it's this guy that has a very cool feed, very colorful, very artsy. And he's always posting about the latest pop-ups in New York City. And he posted about this one, which is not exactly a pop-up because it's going, it's, I think they're available until October, maybe even early November, but they have different locations. And like I mentioned, I went to the one in New York, specifically Governor's Island, and they have one in Texas. They have one in Colorado. So they have a few. So it's basically the, it's like, they call it camping in the city. So you have your cool little tent and you have a really nice view of the city. And it was very relaxing. I felt so connected to nature. And for those people that don't know this, and I've mentioned this to you, Dom, but eventually when I retire, yes, I'm already thinking about retirement. Of course, in this economy, we have to. Exactly. Exactly. But my ideal retirement would be in a nice, I wouldn't say a huge house. It's just a comfortable house that overlooks the ocean. And I wake up every day to the sound of the waves and that's my life. And I got a taste of it this weekend. Oh my God, it was so hard for me to leave. Like, you should have seen me, Dom. I woke up at 6 in the morning to see the sunrise. So then I was there hanging out by my little tent, overlooking the Statue of Liberty and the rest of the city. Then I went back in my tent, took a nap, 
woke up like around maybe like 8.30 or 9, had breakfast, explored Governor's Island, did some bike riding. I was just living my best life. Uh-oh, guys. I think we're about to lose her. <laughs> going to be from the woods with love. <laughs> or from a lakeside cabin with love. Seriously. Um, but it was very nice to just be with nature. I, I really had a good time. I think like it was a great way to sort of unplug because I didn't unplug completely because I was still posting on social media. Mm-hmm. But it was very nice just to like be so close to the to the water and hear the waves. I'm a big fan of the beach. You already know this, Dom. Yeah. And I just had an incredible time. I don't know if you would have liked it, though. I would. I mean, it sounds like you were basically in Rockland County or lower. It sounds like lower Hudson Valley. As you're speaking, I was like, you would actually like thrive in um, one of my favorite towns in Rockland County is Piermont because it's like Mm -hmm. on the Hudson River and it has a beautiful um, pier and um, there are houses like on the shore. Ooh. It's be- it's really pricey. It's like one of the most expensive places in um, Rockland County. And oh Rockland my god! As expensive as it is, but it's beautiful. I mean, I hear crickets. I bear- I never hear like traffic outside my window. Okay. In Rockland County or in Riverdale, to be honest. Yeah, it's Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't like it sounds like. I just would love the, I personally would love the water more, the water sound effects more. Yeah, that's what I really enjoyed, the the waves. And right now, I just don't feel like I'm ready to move into like a completely quiet place. Simply because I still enjoy going around the corner to my closest bodega or maybe grabbing some tacos. Everything is like so close. And I feel like if I live in a place like this, I would need to do my shopping, let's say like on a Sunday or maybe Monday and make sure that I get everything that I need. Cause there's nothing like, Oh, I forgot my tortillas. Let me go around the corner to go buy them. And yeah, I just feel like I'm not ready for that life, but I really enjoyed this weekend getaway. I think it's, that's a perfect getaway. Like I could absolutely do, um, a week away, uh, unplugged. I would probably be completely unplugged with a couple of books and Mm -hmm. notebooks. And like, my goal is to fill up a notebook by the, by the Hudson river. And the reason why I'm saying that, I don't know if you would like this because I mean, I had a fan and during the weekend it wasn't super humid, which was lovely Mm -hmm. because I wasn't burning. But then that night, the mosquitoes had a feast on my legs, I'm telling you. Oh. Yeah. I don't get, bit, I don't get bitten that often. Oh, my God. You're so lucky. I know. I have um, poison blood. <laughs> I have well, sweet blood, I guess. Yeah. And I sprayed myself with that freaking bug spray, but I guess it was too late Because I had forgotten mine. And then later on, someone from the staff, they were like in the main tent, which sort of like worked as their office. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, we have bug spray in there. I was like, oh, shit. 
that would have been useful earlier. But of mm-hmm. course, I didn't ask either. So it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. But when I went to spray myself, I guess it was already kind of late. And then until the next morning, I realized that these mosquitoes just like, yeah, they had me for dinner, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the annoying part, because now I have to deal with the itchiness. Yeah. And I had my whole beauty routine planned, okay? Mm-hmm. I took my brujita face mask. I took everything. Like, I was prepared to have, like, a total spa night. That didn't happen. Oh, no. Why not? <laughs> because since I was so close to nature, I was just like, let me be outside in the little, like, benches that they had with my blanket and just, like, stare at the city lights. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that there was also s'mores. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had to go do that. And then by the time I walked back into my tent, I was just not, like, exhausted, but I was just, like, very cozy because I was close to the fire. And I just, like, rinsed my face pretty quickly, brushed my teeth, and went to bed. Yeah. I had two days exactly like that. I was just like, you know what? I can just take it easy. I like, <laughs> I don't need to. So I yeah. To. Although the days beforehand, I think one night I got home so late because the train was delayed. So it was like around 1.30 a.m. I Ooh. still took... 30 minutes to diligently do my skincare. Wow. I would have just gone straight to bed. I know. Well, yet last night I was exhausted. So I did. I just sent a text to someone, um, uh, my other co-host, just kidding. I'm not cheating on you. Um, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, but I sent a text to someone and I was knocked out and I overslept. So I was like, mm, you know, it's fine if I don't yeah. put my uh, retinol serum and my um, vitamin C serum on. <laughs> I think uh, exhaustion um, kind of takes precedent over that. Yeah. But I am going to share the link in the info box in case anyone is interested and they, you know, there's one around you. Mm-hmm. Definitely go check it out. They have different prices. I only, I picked like the smaller one because, so here's like where you can get pretty bougie as well. They have bigger tents that have their private bathrooms and showers. But that comes at a very high cost. Oh, my. So, obviously, glamping is in, you know, is in my vocabulary. <laughs> I wonder if it's in my bank account's vocabulary. Everyone that attended just wanted to have, like, a getaway. And I barely talked to anyone there. I was mostly doing stuff on my own. And it was very chill. Basically, no human contact. <laughs> That's, yep. Sometimes it's great. I um, I know I have, like, my issues with people who want to be, like, I love, let, let's say Ron Swanson, for example, who I actually really do love this character. 
But yeah. some people take it to an extreme, like really like off the grid, you know, I don't want to pay taxes to the government. <laughs> I don't, you know, I want to be a sovereign state and I want to be able to do whatever I want on my own land, which I'm like, mm, okay, well, you live in the United States of America, United. Um, so you're <laughs> going to have to do something. Um, yeah, like some people don't even want to like have children in hospitals so then their children aren't in the system with birth certificates. Oh my so, like, God. Yeah. I'm like, that's a little excessive. Okay. But, like, and they just like, there's just an underlying, like, um, what is it called? I think it's called misanthropy. So when you like hate people essentially, or you have uh-huh. like a really, you have a very, um, acrimonious relationship to like general population and just being social um and I think that you can have empathy and care about your fellow man and want to be social but then you can at the same time really want to like withdraw and separate and like set up boundaries for yourself yes be completely separate Mm -hmm. I think you can these two things can exist exactly I totally have agree. Multitudes. Yeah. So it worked well for me in that way because, like I told you, I really didn't even talk to that much people there. I really didn't go with the whole point of socializing. It was more of relaxing. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. worked out nicely. I mean, that's how you um, replenish your social battery. Yes. Yep. Especially now with just work, having like more responsibilities, there's a time where I just like enjoy my quiet time. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do monthly from the uh, woods, lakeside, um, beachside, beachside. Well, so do you want to explain what kind of beachside do you, you want? When you retire? Yes. I want a beach where obviously... I'm close to the water. It's sunny. Mm-hmm. And yes, basically like I'm this little plant that needs sunlight, water, and very fresh air in order to survive the rest of my retirement. Well, hopefully, you know, hmm, climate change isn't. <laughs> oh, that is true. That. But so right. I too want to retire on the beach on a completely different coast. As much as I do love LA, mm-hmm. I do love LA and I do love the sun and I do love the weather. <laughs> I'm always, 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 at least I'll probably be bi-coastal, literally bi-coastal on like the coast of one beach on one <laughs> part of the year and then another part of the year on another beach. But I love, love, um, the beaches in Maine and Connecticut and like New England area. I love the rocky, um, the kind of foggy gray. Mm. And it really smells like, you know, the sea and it's like rustic. It's also kind of like Sag Harbor or like, you know, um, far out near the Hamptons kind of beaches. Yeah. Love those kinds of beaches. So I think I would retire there because it's much cooler there when it is like that's why people go out you know out of uh, out from the city into like the Hamptons into these areas so it is much cooler there in the summer so I would be very pleased to live my summer days out there as a 68 year old you know 
<laughs> what I'd be doing, a 68-year-old retired podcaster. <laughs> well, see, I, I... And then I for like, the winter, I would go out to Malibu. Oh, very nice. Yes. Yeah. So I literally would be on both coasts. So I would be on the mm-hmm. beaches, but I would just be on different beaches depending on different times of the year. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the sun. I love it. But of course, I don't want a beach where it's super humid. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a nice breeze. But I feel like if I was to retire in a beach like the one you described, mm-hmm. all I would do is sleep. Because mm-hmm. that's it. kind of like the vibe that those beaches give me. Mm-hmm. But I still want to be an active 60-year-old person because I plan retiring earlier than 65 or whatever the age is i mean we need to launch this patreon so we can retire in a year (laughs) (laughs) but either way i want to have an active lifestyle like i want to wake up and at least maybe like if i'm not like in the condition to be running when i'm 60 but at least take a walk around the beach and just just get that energy from the sun and and have the sun just like shine through my windows every morning and that's kind of like my wake up call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I imagine retirement. Yeah. To me, I think I really would probably write a ton of novels during my later years. So <gasps> most, like, I feel like that would foster a lot of like, I would just like make a lot of tea or cocoa or coffee. I'd probably have a really beautiful dog nearby. I'm saying this as if like, I have no intentions of marrying or having children like, or. Okay. <laughs> well, think about this. If you get married, your husband can be doing his own thing as well. He does not have to be attached to your hip. Right. I'm hoping you get double houses. <laughs> and if you have children, I'm assuming that by the time you're maybe like 65 or something, they're either finishing up college or like also starting their own life. So it's not like you're going to have like babies. Oh, I'm letting them go as soon as they can talk. <laughs> so i'm gonna be an empty nester way early in life than most of my counterparts yeah i feel like i would be that type of parent too if i ever have children Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like we already planned our whole retirement yeah (laughs) so now we need the listeners to fund it (laughs) dumb actually when you mentioned that you were going to be just writing novels during your retirement i literally kind of pictured you writing your novels right Mm -hmm. obviously they would be published it would be a total hit you would make a few appearances maybe at like some local libraries or something Mm -hmm. and then you would be back to like hiatus mode Mm -hmm. (laughs) you would basically be the Beyonce of books whenever you drop a new book it's like stop the world yeah Dominique just launched her her 30th book by now or something yeah <laughs> absolutely that's, that's exactly what's gonna happen i won't have any like marketing push there won't be any leaks from my team because my team will just be me and my dog <laughs> um, <laughs> and bam i just drop it at like three o'clock in the morning and everyone goes wild. 
I do think that's the perfect retirement for you. Yeah. So now that we kind of covered our desired retirement lifestyle. Obviously, when we talk about retirement, it means that we also have to take financial decisions in order to get to that goal. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Dom, that a lot of items for women are more expensive than the ones for men. So how am I going to save for my ideal retirement if things are way more expensive, um, lead the revolution. <laughs> so by leading the revolution, should I not shave? Should I make my own shampoo? <laughs> yeah. So in, during that, when you're running up on Kim Kardashian and, you know, redistributing the Kardashian wealth yes. for uh, everyone, in the meantime, just don't buy any gendered products. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so I get what you're saying. Um, I have been on and off trying to be good at budgeting and like itemize, itemizing mm-hmm. my spending. And I, there are certain things I kind of like won't buy (laughs) because I know it's just like it's an it's an exorbitant amount of amount of money for what it is you know what I mean like very simple like household plastic things (gasps) are like more than ten dollars and to me I can't reconcile that so I'm just like I'm not paying for these things Mm -hmm. so um I know you're the one who looked up this article. You can mention it, but yeah. The Business Insider article? Yeah. Yeah. So this article lists 30 items, and this is the title, 30 items that prove women pay more than men for the same products. And just to name a few, they obviously they listed 30, but we're not going to cover all 30 because this would be a four-hour podcast. <laughs> But they gave a few, well, I'm going to pick from the list, but shampoo and conditioner, razors, which I know of a lot of us use razors. I'm one of the guilty ones. Lotion. I mean, who can live without lotion? No one. Deodorant and body wash. People better not be living without deodorant. Oh, hell no. Especially during this summer. summer. <laughs> yeah. I remember in high school stealing my dad's razors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now that you mentioned that, what was your mom's approach towards shaving your legs or your armpits or, you know, just shaving in general? I told you. um no approach at all so she never said anything to you about not shaving your legs or anything like that nothing there was nothing said ever oh I learned through I guess um media okay 
Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, my mom really didn't like that I shaved my legs. Mm-hmm. But she said that because if I started shaving too early, eventually, like, I would get razor bumps at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And she said that there was no need for me to shave Mm -hmm. because my leg hairs were very thin, which they weren't, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And she insisted that I shouldn't shave, but I insisted that I should. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Another reason why is that this is going to sound weird to people who like, they're like, you know, who have body hair and like, that's impossible. But like, you know, you've seen my arms. Mm -hmm. Right have almost it's just like a little bit of peach fuzz but zero like visible hair on my arms and it's always been like that I have no arm hair unless you look at your arms like super super close you will notice it but like just from looking at you you know at work and whatever Mm -hmm. zero yeah so the same thing is with my legs so I never like went through a phase during puberty where I like developed body hair like that for me to want to shave it off except armpits. So that's what I would steal the razors for. (laughs) You see my armpits, it's not that bad. I feel like even when I let it grow, it's not like I have a bush under there, Mm -hmm. but my legs, it's just that the hair on my legs bothered me. I always thought, and I guess this was because of like media and whatever, but I Mm -hmm. feel like, just always thought it didn't look feminine mm-hmm. and even though now I'm just like oh I haven't shaved oh well whatever I'm hot I'm wearing shorts I don't care mm-hmm. yeah so now it's not that big of a deal look at you little feminist <laughs> <clears throat> but for example they listed the price here for men's razors since we're talking about that topic Mm-hmm. And an average woman's razor is $8.90, $8.90. And a man's razor is $7.99, which is an 11% difference. And you might think that's not a lot, but think about it. These are items that you have to buy, I would say, for the rest of your life, unless you get like laser hair removal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, do the math. Someone that's good at math, <laughs> but where women are spending more on these items, so you might think that the price difference is not that huge, but these are items that you have to buy on a regular basis. So eventually, it does add up. Now, keep mm-hmm. in mind also that a lot of women make way less money than than men. Yes. So, this is. This is like the the balance is so uneven. Mm -hmm. The scale is so uneven. Yeah. You're so right. That's such a good point. Yeah. And for example, like even, okay, so here's another one. Shampoo and conditioner. Woman's price, Mm $8.39. For men, $5.68. This is a 48% difference. Woo. Yes. That adds up. Yep. How is Karen supposed to retire? Exactly. Come on, lower the body wash. (laughs) But, and also, here's another thing to point out, though. Women have long hair. Yeah. So 
So they use more product. Yes. Versus men who most men have short hair. Yes. So that's already, again, a, a, a point in, in, in the favor of men. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how this retirement is going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> oh, also, Dom, I want to point out the biggest, biggest expense. Ooh, what is it? Tampons and pads. Oof. Something mm-hmm. I actually can't live without. No. Like, we can, you know, be all hairy, whatever. <laughs> Don't need razors. We're just going to be, like, burning our bras and letting our hair grow. <laughs> um, like, second wave feminists in the sense. <laughs> but I can't free bleed. I'm, I know that's kind of a fringe movement, or a, not fringe, I'm going to say niche movement of women who are just buying panties to bleed in them. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. I can't. I can't free bleed. So these items are actually pretty vital to me. Um, well, it'll probably be less vital to me when we do retire because you know, the change. Oh, right. <laughs> but up until then, we have a good almost 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. And men don't have to spend money on that on a monthly basis. Right. And that's a big cost. Like, okay, I don't know about you, but I, and you've seen my drawer because you've been in my place, but I have a whole drawer dedicated to these feminine products. Mm-hmm. I have the pads that are like for the night, which are like the, the, the heavy ones. I have the ones where they're for light days. I have panty liners. I have tampons. I have it all. Okay, I like to be covered with whatever it is that I need. I can just reach into my drawer and I know I have it. And like you said, Dom, this is a necessity. So there is no way that I can be like, oh, screw it. I'm not going to buy them this month because it would be a total mess. I don't even understand why that is even like one, why it is so expensive and then taxed. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. There's like not even an equivalent for men. No. Like even in even in like, you know, we're going through the list and we're looking through like comparing like men's razors, women's razors. There's like there's no man's pads. There's no man's <laughs> there's no equivalent. So like we're just like they just threw a price out there and they just kept raising and raising and raising because we now know like you know prices from the 50s are radically different from prices now so like prices just get higher as we live longer which is annoying um (laughs) is he gonna say but um it it it's insane that like it's it doesn't cost like 25 cents because i know this is a freaking capitalist society and most things are you know privatized and paid for so like but like it's like why isn't it not low cost and i was saying this to you um off air that like it's not low cost it's um something that i kind of really rely on to like you know not for my menstrual cycle to not mess up my entire day, which is sometimes not sometimes almost all the time. It inevitably does mess up my whole day, but at least I'm not like bleeding on myself. Yeah. Um, 
and into my clothing. But like the fact that it's like sometimes I think about the prices and like this is so pricey, like a box of 10 when my cycle probably would outlast 10 mm-hmm. um, is too much. And then I think about like, what about the women who literally like if they like w- women who are homeless and like are, you know, scraping by five dollars and they have and they're menstruating as well. And they have to decide, like, tampons or food. Obviously, like, it's not even a decision. Like, it's yeah. obviously food. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> um, so it's just, like, I don't understand why these things, like, that, these, like, necessities. It's not, like you said, it's not a luxury. I don't know why these necessities aren't at, like, a really low cost, high value, high volume. Yeah. It's yeah. a freaking industry, man. It's just, like, let's slap pink on it and like make cute commercials yeah and then then, like cutesy names that make no sense (laughs) I just like you mentioned like who dictates these prices like who says okay this is going to be like 850 and these tampons are going to be like this price I hope it's not men that are dictating these prices you know what that reminds me of, um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Mad Men. Uh, I mean, no, I've heard of it, but no. So Mad Men, um, I think it's a really great show. Um, it's slow, um, but it picks up in some places, but it's really, it's an excellently written show, but it's basically about, it's, Madman, short for Madison Men. Madison Avenue in New York City was no. It's like known, like it's the new. It's New York's premier advertising spot. Uh huh. It's kind of like Hollywood in LA. It's like the. It's like the industry sector for advertising. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what it is. It's like all these like advertising men who like have these clients. And I remember a couple of episodes they had like. One client that was the bra, I think it was, I think it was Playtex bra. Um, and like the whole arch or like them trying to be creative about bras with, there was like literally no women involved in any of the decision-making. I would not be surprised, um, you know, cause Mad Men is like late fifties early 60s that's when Mm -hmm. it takes place i wouldn't be surprised if a show that reflected that dramatized you know professional advertising agency that's completely male dominated in the 1950s and 60s doesn't change all that much in 2018 yeah i really wouldn't be surprised I mean, Trump is president. That's like that's my baseline. Any like anything that like people say that's ridiculous. I'm like, you know what? That's not surprising because literally, Trump is president. Anything. <laughs> yeah, basically anything can happen now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of these men that most likely are the ones dictating the prices. Have you heard of Lola? Yes, I have. Yeah, so they are this company, and the founders are actually women, and these are 100% organic cotton top tampons Mm -hmm. for women by women. Mm -hmm. And I've 
always seen ads for this, but I've never purchased any of the items. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might give it a try because obviously these are products made by women. And also I had read somewhere, I can't remember exactly where it was, but like all these other tampon companies, they are not required to list what is in the products. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what the hell you're putting up there because <laughs> it's not required. Like there's no law that says that they have to list like what is in the tampons or on the pads. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why it took me until my late, well, when am I saying late twenties? I haven't even reached my late twenties. Um, <laughs> basically it took a year. So it took my mid twenties to start using them. Um, because of toxic, uh, shock syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of TSS. Yes, I have. Yeah. That, well, that was the reason why I was so scared. I was like, what, what are they putting in these things that like you will develop literally you'll develop sepsis, which is like poison blood. If you don't remove them after a certain hour. Oh yeah. Which like, obviously makes sense to remove something that's in you. Like, duh. But I'm like, <laughs> if it makes you go to the hospital, yeah. that's a little scary. That's why I don't like to keep on tampons for too long. Mm-hmm. I usually try to change them more often. Mm-hmm. And then also the reason why I started wearing tampons up until I was maybe like, I want to say like 18 or something like mm-hmm. that. It's because my mom didn't let me use them. Uh, guess what? Guess who still can't use them and has to use them in secret and has to hide them at work. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that it's because of the same reason. Oh, what's your reason? What was the reason? Okay, well, obviously, like, my mom thought that tampons would, like, take my virginity. (laughs) Can't use them until I'm married. <laughs> so yeah. That was my life. Mm-hmm. Now I use them and my mom knows and she was I guess she just figured like she couldn't stop me from using them so <laughs> She doesn't say anything anymore. Yeah. Oof. It's funny how we have similar paths. Um, or we had similar experiences, but diverging paths. Because you just really, you stood your ground and yeah. you were relentless. Like, it was like a firing squad and you kept going. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like when they are shooting um, Wolverine and like the bullets <laughs> just kind of like, like he still regenerates even though he's being shot. You're like Wolverine. And I'm like an actual human person who would die in a <laughs> in a shooting firing squad. So our parents are the, like the people firing at us. And yes, you are Wolverine, so you are an ex woman, <laughs> and I am a weak human. I told you, I've always been very rebellious. I've always gone mm-hmm. against what my parents say. <laughs> so admirable (laughs) I don't know if all parents would agree with that Mm 
But yeah, so now that I use them, I always try to um, change them constantly just because also I can't use them from the beginning of my, when my cycle starts because I have a very heavy flow. Yeah. And so I have to use pads. So here's another thing that I wanted to note. The other day, I'm not sure if it was for Lola or for other like tampon companies, but I saw this ad on my Instagram, of course, because, you know, now they hear our every single conversation. <laughs> but I saw this ad about women talking about their first experience when they had their period, right? And one of them listed something that said like, oh, I had my first period when I was in school and my teacher gave me a pad the size of a diaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, ever since I was young, I use those type of pads. Mm-hmm. Personally, it makes me uncomfortable that they refer to it as the, a diaper because it's really not. It's just a thicker pad mm-hmm. for those of us women that have a heavier flow. Mm-hmm. And as much as I would like to use tampons mm-hmm. from the very first day I get my period, I can't. Like, I would have to change that freaking tampon, like, every 15 minutes okay okay yeah so I feel like sure maybe you're the type of woman that doesn't like using pads okay totally respect that but you don't have to go out there saying like oh these pads are the size of a diaper because you don't know other women's flow and that's also kind of like shaming them and making them feel embarrassed for the size that they're wearing okay <laughs> you are so feminist tonight <laughs> Well, I guess it's also because I'm on my period, so. (laughs) Very on brand. Yes. (laughs) So that's why when I mentioned earlier that I have a whole drawer, it's because my flow is different as my period gets further in. Mm -hmm. So my first days are heavy, then my following days are like, eh, getting like kind of Mm -hmm. like, what would I say, like a, a regular flow. And then my last two to three days, I can wear tampons because it's okay. I won't be like having an accident. Nice. So there are different flows and you shouldn't be judging on what products a woman uses. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, that's such a good point to like not um, shame or make women feel uncomfortable because at the end of the day, like, Our uteruses are making us feel uncomfortable. Like, we are bonded together in solidarity. We are real blood sisters. So, like, we can't be out here just, like, you know, like you said, like, everyone's flow is different. Everyone's bodies are different. So, saying, like, you know, you think this is a thing that an infant should be wearing. Yeah. if you're going to come at me for my immaturity, come at me for my immaturity. Don't call me an infant <laughs> because I wear a bigger, a, a bigger pad. Yeah. So, and then also I feel like obviously little girls that are starting to get their period now are basically the ones that are all over Instagram. And so the fact that they're seeing this, that could have like a negative feeling on them saying like, Oh, like, What's wrong with wearing these type of pads or something like that? Exactly. Yeah. This also reminds me of like, 
I don't know if I'm part shaming or like I have this kind of judgment, but it's, I remember, um, this is also cultural. Like I didn't grow up wearing, or even like, I knew that like thongs were something that were like, don't wear that. It's too, it's hypersexual. So you're not going to wear that. Oh. Um, and then like all my, um, friends who you can guess, you know, the depth of melanin they possess. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them were just like raving about like, oh my god, I just like Billy Love Thongs. And like and they also <laughs> wore like leggings for pants too. Oh which we do that now, but that's because fabletics are beautiful. Um <laughs> this is what I'm talking about like Forever 21 leggings as pants. Oh my god. Yeah. So and they would just be like, Oh, you wear like Manny panties and like literally they're like they look like bikini bottoms they're like not even granny panties but like because all of them were wearing you know oh I see it's just like so weird I felt like wait I I know those things are uncomfortable for me yes you know what I'm saying yeah they're uncomfortable I I really don't see like the practicality in having that kind of um undergarment Uh uh-huh so, and I knew I was comfortable, but then I was still made to feel really bad about the size of my underwear. Oh. Which, like, doesn't even sound like that. Like, it, like I'm making it sound so dramatic. But, like, this literally falls in line with this the whole, like, oh, that's it's such a diaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is something we wear. Like, no one's going to see it. Like, like you do what feels best for you do, exactly comfortable for you but like don't denigrate it, it like what some like another woman might find more comfortable yeah you know yes I remember that happened in uh when I was in school as well like uh when I was younger I didn't wear them because I thought they were the most uncomfortable thing it was basically like having a wedgie throughout the whole yeah. entire day. <laughs> so I didn't see the point of them. And I always wore, like you said, it wasn't like it was the grandma ones or whatever. It was just like the regular average ones that I thought everyone my age was wearing, but apparently not. But yes, I, w- I would hear comments about that. Um. But at that, for that, that's when I was like a bit like more like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to wear whatever I feel more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't feel bad about it. But I do see how, you know, other girls that are not wearing like thongs or anything like that could feel shamed for not doing so. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, it's like, okay, who is even... <laughs> Like you said, who sees under your clothing? Like, who the fuck cares? Exactly. So, yeah, that's a good point to, to, to like, mention as well. Like, wear whatever underwear you freaking want. Wear whatever pad you want. Yes. Wear the Diva Cup, which I am scared to wear. But if any of y'all wear it, let, me, let us know how it Speaking is. Speaking of the Diva Cup, I bought it. Oh, yeah. How is and it? it's have still in the plastic, but I haven't tried it. Oh, my goodness. I am so freaked out that either it will stay in there mm-hmm. <laughs> or it will overflow. Yeah, me too. 
So I have not used it. It is brand new. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of women say that obviously it saves them money because you can probably buy like, let's say you buy like five or six of them because I don't think I would use the same one every single day. Mm-hmm. So let's say you buy six, but then obviously you can wash them and whatever and you re- reuse them for the next month. So mm-hmm. You're saving money on, on like tampons or pads. And then you're also saving nature because you're not throwing these out. This environmentalist feminist over here. Who are you? <laughs> are you going to tell me you're going to raise a pet cow or something? Are you going <laughs> to stop eating steak? I, I mean, I have been cutting down on meat, oh but God. like I told you, I will never give up steak. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's back, y'all. <laughs> But yeah, I just haven't used it at all. I'm, I'm, I just like, it took me a while to figure out tampons. So bear with me, guys. Really? This cup might take me a few. Yes, it did. No, me too. It took me a while too. Yeah, because like my mom obviously doesn't believe in them. <laughs> yeah. It's so, kind of like trial by error and we got to learn for ourselves. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened to me. And you know, actually, what helped me learn? Mm-hmm. And it was the, the Tyra show. Oh. Yeah, because I remember one time she had some show about, like, things that you were afraid to try. And so she would call, like, on different people from, from the audience. And they would tell her what they were afraid to try, whether it was fashion, makeup-wise, anything. Mm-hmm. And if she could, she would do it right there on the spot in the show. Mm-hmm. And so this one girl said that she was just so afraid of using tampons because she didn't know how to place them correctly. Mm-hmm. And Tyra gave her like a little demonstration. Obviously, like she didn't put one on in front of the audience. But she well, was like, I oh. couldn't watch it. I need a real life demo no she's kind of like just showed what was the easier way kind of like squatting a little bit she kind of like showed her technique that's what i learned like two months ago (laughs) (laughs) i've kind of just been standing up straight and like oh this feels uncomfortable and then i realized like squat a little bit over the toilet bowl and then yeah. knees, yeah, and like, go, like go in the direction of your natural curve. Yeah, whatever. Don't yes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have Tyra we to thank for that. Ignorant at one point in our lives. Yeah, <laughs> but that's where I learned. I learned from her, and I was like, "Oh, that's how you do it." <laughs> and then, obviously, I was better at it and mm-hmm. yeah that's you know what this is why i will always advocate for watching television because <laughs> you know there are certain things especially as like first generation or immigrant that you just like you won't you won't get that resource from your parents but, yeah you just won't and like especially if you want to, if you are part of a culture and you're not completely fully like a carbon copy of your parents, especially a carbon copy of your parents as how they were also living in their own country. Mm-hmm. And you 
are forming social, inter you're having social interactions and forming um, friendships and social relationships in the context of the American framework, uh, sometimes it helps to like watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Seriously. And be informed. Like I would learn things from movies, like, you know, coming of age movies where like the protagonist is a teenager, like, me or I, I might have been younger so I'm just like oh when I'm a teenager these things will happen to me as also as well so because like I have no context and I have no resources and I knew the one thing you do know is that you can't go to them for this because the only thing that you'll be advised on yeah. is that, like they're not here to talk to you and like sit you down and have you know these little you know, meetings or heart to hearts, like that's not their purpose. <laughs> thank, thank you, TV. <laughs> Seriously. In some ways it's useful because let's not go to like the whole Carrie Bradshaw wannabe. Right. <laughs> so for some things it is uh, educational. For others, it's just like, just watch it and get entertained by it, but don't do it. Yeah. Even though I'm still going to try to do the Jerry Bradshaw. <laughs> I'm going to do it. It's going to get me and Mr. Big. <laughs> you hear this, everyone. If you find Mr. Big. <laughs> Send him my way. Yes. So in this week's highlight, I actually wanted to highlight a dear friend of mine. She is, um, I think her uh, trade is like, uh, she does makeup. She's insanely creative. She um, does makeup, is a photographer. Um, I discovered her through her music. So she has, um, she's like a, a, an artist, a musician. Um, and she's also Asian American. Oh, yes, and she's amazing. Her name is uh, Ellie Luna on um, on Instagram. So it's E H uh, L I E L U N A. So that's her on Instagram. But I wanted to shout her out one because she's. I think her Instagram presence is amazing and her music is really great and she did release a song on billboard last week so last tuesday she released a song on billboard.com called baptize me which is great so i would suggest everyone go listen to it but i also wanted to shout out that she is a co-founder of a beauty brand called spectrum spelled s-p-k-t-r-m it's spectrum beauty Mm -hmm. And um, they've been making the headlines in the uh, beauty, uh, well, actually in media in general, they were covered by Huffington Post and they're covered by Allure magazine. And they work with a lot of um, models of color on their Instagram. But one great thing about it is that they're not retouching any of the models. <gasps> nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I want to say that um, the co-founders are uh, people of color, but I think I just really know Ellie. <laughs> so I know it's firmly a woman of color. <laughs> yeah, definitely got to support. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it is. And she, I know she is uh, vegan or plant-based. Um, and I want to just read, Spectrum's ethos is inclusive, eco-friendly, and retouch-free. The brand has pledged to ban retouching from its advertisements entirely and to include models of all ages, shapes, and skin types in its campaigns. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Really great. I would suggest you guys uh, check it out and um, give my girl, Ellie Luna, some love. And, yeah. Yeah, she's really accessible too, like on Instagram, you know, Leave a comment, she'll get back to you. She's incredibly sweet. Great, great, great person. So, um, yeah, I love seeing young Asian women doing it up. Lovely. I'm definitely going to check it out because, as you know, I'm trying to, like, slowly transition my beauty products to to brands that are owned by people of color. Mm -hmm. AKA that's why I got my foundation from Fenty beauty mm-hmm. because like I've been telling you this um, all along now that Fenty is out here with so many shades and foundations. Now all these brands I would hear are also like, Oh, check out our wide wide range. Da, da, da. I'm like, sure. Just cause Rihanna started it. Now you were jumping on this bandwagon. Exactly. It's so transparent. (laughs) So, yeah, I will definitely check it out. And we're going to leave the link to her Instagram in the show notes so everyone can go check it out as well. So for my highlight, since this main topic was about periods, tampons and anything menstrual related, Mm -hmm. this article that Bustle put out they're listing 10 organizations that provide menstrual products for people who need them. So they list um, different organizations, obviously, where you can either donate or some of the products that you buy, certain proceeds go to help homeless have access to tampons, pads. Mm-hmm. So there's a wide range to pick from. So I'll definitely share with you guys so you can check it out as well. And just kind of like pick from the one that you draws your attention a bit more, I guess. So yeah, show some support because like even for us that we have jobs, we still think that this is a big expense and not everyone out there has a job or like a stable income and these type of necessities you know, are not so accessible all the time. So anyone who wants to send to hell, Dom? <laughs> I will ask this question. Um, I don't know if I, like, am particularly, like, me I'm sending, but I just want to highlight because I feel like it's always, like, it crosses over um, politically or, like, you know, it's always like a current political person, but I just, I just really, I just really want to list off the things of people who probably will go to something as close as hell as possible on, <laughs> um, on earth. And, um, I don't have time to get really into these people, but just know that they're within, um, Cheeto and Chief's orbit. So George Papadopoulos, 
pled guilty. Uh, Michael Flynn, who also was part of the campaign, um, pled guilty. Robert Gates pled guilty. 13 Russian nationals have been indicted. Um, Trump's lawyer, who is also his White House counsel up until three or four months ago, has pled guilty. And Paul Manafort has been found guilty on eight counts and will probably be spending life in prison. <gasps> so, wow. They are all going to hell. Carajo. <laughs> so this was like a really uplifting one. <laughs> yes, I feel like this is, uh, I guess, like a big event going for you because like all these people are just like fallen. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I want to know Amarosa has reported, mm-hmm. has a reported 200 tapes. And not all of them are audio. Some of them are videotapes. Oh, shoot. I don't know how this woman got away with walking with an entire production studio in the White House, but I'm very happy that she did. (laughs) So I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) A really uplifting um, section. Lovely. All right. So that wraps up our show. I think I'll be good to survive another week. You know, guys, gotta take it day by day. Yes. You're a fragile princess like I am. (laughs) So just keep me in your prayers always. And also, if you are on your period, close to your period, you know, have those fries if you're craving them. Have that chocolate cake. I was gonna say, I guess I've been having my period consistently since I was 13 because I'm always having fries, cake, and crying. Every single day since I've been 13. (laughs) And if you have the option to work from home, definitely take advantage of that because the first few days of a period are rough. Mm. And I do not have time to be annoyed by coworkers and also deal with my period. Mm -hmm. So take care of yourselves, everyone. And also for men that are listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, this outro is going to be longer than expected, but I need to say this. Mm Men need to be patient, okay? Because you don't know the amount of pain that we're dealing with, the hormones that we have. So if we get crazy, mm-hmm. just take it, okay? Because periods are not easy. And you men out there would die if you get a period because you complain about like the simplest little things. You, won't, you wouldn't be able to handle a period. Yeah. Just want to put it out there. Yeah. And I'm done. <laughs> I definitely commend all my women warriors who who bleed. Yes. I commend you all. Yep. It is not an easy existence. I also wanted to point out, like, it's like women yeah, um, who identify as, like, cis, pet women, but also I know there are trans men who still get their period. Oh, yeah. So, also know that's that's rough (laughs) add to this morphia so like you know we're all out here like i said blood sisters and brothers (laughs) those who identify as blood brothers with us Mm -hmm. yay 
Take care, everyone. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and also listen to us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Audioboom, mm-hmm. and you all these. Stitcher. Yay! I'm getting better. <laughs> all right, yeah, y'all. Your producer. <laughs> Take care. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.